you would, turn in your Bibles to the letter to the Ephesians. We are in chapter 1. We are looking at verses 3 through 6a, but the actual context is verse 3 through 14. Actually, 3 through 14 is one sentence, 202 words with some excitement from the human author. But we will look at 3 through 6a. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions of his will and to the praise of the glory of his grace. Father, help us to have ears to see this, that we understand, Lord, I was just reading that uh, someone said, I think it was A.W. Tozer, said that, Lord, uh, your word is light, but only the Spirit gives sight. Father, I pray that your spirit will give each of us sight into the amazement of this text. And that, Father, we would be overwhelmed by it. Father, may they hear your words. May they hear your spirit. May they see your holy book lifted high. In Christ's name, amen. We are starting on a journey with the Apostle Paul that begins right here in verse 3. And it's an amazing thing. I shared with you that this letter was written to expose a mystery that the Old Testament saints had no concept of. There was no inclination of it. There was no description of it. There was nothing that was ever defined in it in the Old Testament. All right. But for those who are in the New Covenant under the New Testament... We now know that between the 69th week of Daniel and the 70th week of Daniel is a gap. And that gap is the mystery that the Apostle Paul is teaching us. And that mystery is the metaphor that the church is called the body of Christ. There are many metaphors that the church and Israel are referred to. Kingdom, sheep. We are the vine. And and those go back and forth between the church and Israel. But there's only one that's ever referred to as the body. And that is the body of Christ, the church. Okay, And that is part of the mystery of the Apostle Paul is just peeling wide open for us right now. And if you look at this book, I can show you that the first three chapters is this mystery. And it is just wide open. And then the last three chapters is because of you know this, this is how you should act. Okay? So, we just finished Ephesians. Feel good? No. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, right, man. Yeah, because you if you look in your bulletins, you got six points there, and that's verse three. Okay? So, it's going to be a while. Anyway. To start this magnificent journey into the body of Christ... And I look at this text, and I look at the condition of the church in the United States. Then I look at some of the churches that I have been in different countries, and they're completely different. Uh, I I shared with you uh, one of the first times I was in Russia teaching, my clock was all messed up. 
And so I found myself awake about four o'clock in the morning. It was end of February, first of March. And these people were walking in trenches through the snow. Snow was so stacked up that everything looked like a trench where you where you walk. And I looked at the room that I was staying in and I looked down and the fellowship lights, the hall lights were on. Well, I look at my watch and I'm like, man, I don't, this it's like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. What in the heck is going on? So I threw some clothes on and I trudge over through the through the trench and I walk downstairs. My interpreter is there. Um, and and I, I said, what's going on? And he says, come see. So we walk into the fellowship hall. You got middle schoolers, you got junior high school, and you got high school kids. And the junior high kids are teaching the middle schoolers the book of Galatians. And when they got done, the high schoolers would teach the junior high kids the book of Galatians. And the guy says, You should bring your youth. And I said, No, I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. I couldn't believe that. It's four o'clock in the morning and it's cold. And they walked from their apartment buildings over to this church so they could teach each other what they had learned in the book of Galatians. Okay. On Sunday, people start showing up. Now, you got to understand, every time I've been there, it's been like early spring and it's way north. You, you got to understand that. So you get this weird, the sun comes up about 10 o'clock in the morning and sets about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it never really gets up. It just gets there. And the people would start showing up to this church for Sunday morning church. At uh, They had choir practice at 8, 8 to 9, and then Sunday school started at 9. And people were showing up at 7. Some of them would have breakfast there. They would not go home. They would not leave until 10 o'clock that night. Everybody stayed in the church with everybody all day. And the reason is, all week, they're with the lost people. And they prefer to get fired up with the believers on Sunday and Wednesday. All right? That is how the church operates. That is how, if you go look at the history of the church, when the church is vibrant and healthy and being used to move mountains, that's when you see it. What we have today is entertainment centers. I was talking to some people this week and they said, you know, we think we want to come to your church. And I, these guys are gang members. And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe not. Uh, as you can look around, they're not here, but uh, you would know them if they came. And, you know, it's not that I'm trying to run them off, but I'm sitting there going, if you're just trying to appease your conscience, I'm not the guy. I don't have any gift at that at all. I said, if you want to know what the Bible says, then I can probably help you out. And he says, well, you have rock and roll music. And I said, well, well go to a concert. I mean, I've seen good rock and roll music. I, you know, go there and then say, you know, I got my rock and roll music. All right. But I said, that ain't what the church is for. And what I look around today and and see the condition of the church, I understand they don't know what this says. 
They have no idea of the riches that God has poured upon the church now. Right now. I don't have to, well, you were talking about going, going to heaven. No, you have them now. You can literally move mountains. I know my background. I know where I came from. And I know what God has used this fool to do. All right? And I can't tell you that I planned any of this. All I know is that I will bring the word wherever God says here, the word is due. And he does it. I preached on the temple mound. I preached across the street from Peter's house in Bethsaida. I don't know how I did that. I can't say, well, you know, I think I'm going to have a preaching ministry in Israel. I got some crazy Indian want me to come and stand at the Pakistani border and see how lucky I feel. All right. See, this is the kind of stuff you can't. I, I ain't doing this. But the thing is, is that when I read this thing. I believe it. I'm not going to sit here and argue with it. I'm not going to sit there and wonder what he meant by that. Listen, I have never struggled with any part of scripture. It's real straightforward. You may not like it. Which is really cool for me because it ain't my fault. I didn't write it. I read it, and here's what it said. The Apostle Paul is taking us into a journey back into eternity. We're going to be a fly on a wall as the Trinity makes plans involving each and every one of us. That's what this one sentence is. Listen. No one ever became a Christian... As a surprise to God. Okay? It's all planned. And what you get here in this section is you get to look at God's master plan. He starts it out here in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father. He's, this sentence so overwhelms Paul... That he just begins the thing with a benediction, a statement of praise. It just, it is rattling his head. He's like, I can't grasp this. Paul opens with praise for God's eternal purpose and showing us the mystery of the body of Christ formed in eternity past. He formed and knew the body of Christ before he spoke existence into being. I, God has, uh, in his own way, surrounded me with a lot of administrative types, organized people. Because if you go look at my desk, you can see that that's not my strong suit. Uh, I just pile stuff on my desk and then I know eventually it will become unuseful and I throw it in a trash can. <laughs> that's, that's been under there so long, I know it has no meaning. And so... I thank God for the people who are organized in my life. I think I'm, a, I'm the proverbial thorn in their flesh, but that's, that's a whole different sermon. I, I look at this and I think, you know, I, I see a lot of people who 
plan a lot of things, and, and I'm impressed with that. When you're not a planner, you're impressed with people who are. Okay, and people who are planners are not impressed for us non-planners. <laughs> They're like, how in the world did you survive this long? I, I share that because here I am looking at the Trinity's plan before there was any existence. All there was was the holy angels and the Godhead. He is going to show us this mystery, the body of Christ. 4 through 14 is the history of every Christian ever. The entire history of Christianity. So Paul naturally starts out with praise, which, if you think about it, makes sense. This section, you are standing in the middle of God's treasure house. And it is an explosion on our minds of all Christ has done for us all. Every one of us. Every one of us. If you've ever had a death in the family, they'll have the last will and testament. And they usually start off with, I being of sound body and sound mind. Okay, my will is going to be very simple. I, being of sound body and sound mind, spin it all. I stepped into this thing with zero. I'm walking out with zero. So my kids don't have to worry about, what did dad leave us? (laughs) He didn't. (laughs) Listen, Jesus never spent it all. He paid it all. Then he left his riches to us to draw upon forever. Do you ever think about that? Incredible riches. And Paul speaks of these riches as he sweeps through eternity past. You can divide this section, verse 4 through 14. You can divide it into three sections. It's really amazing what the Apostle Paul does here. In this first part that we are in, 3 through 6a, you see the work of the Father. 6b through 12, you see the work of the Son. 13 and 14, the work of the Spirit. So you're getting a glimpse at the Godhead Trinity... In eternity past, before he's ever made anything. And Paul is showing us the throne room of the Trinity. Each person of the Trinity has their parts. And yet, it's all part of the master plan before the world began. And guess what? You and I are part of it. I am saved today. Because God placed me into the church before the world began. Now wrap your head around that for a second. If you're saved today, it was not an accident. Ain't no wonder Paul starts off with praises. Why? I mean, think about that. Think about that right now. We just had Thanksgiving. We all sit around and contemplate what have we been thankful about. Well, it didn't burn the bird. Okay, and it's not too dry. 
Actually, my bird tastes like salmon. I don't know about yours. I, I, don't, I think I did that completely wrong, but that's what it tasted like. Starts off here. Blessed be the God in verse 3. The largest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. You know what the book of Psalms means? Praises. It's praises to God. Chapter 34 of the book of Psalms. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. And the humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from my fears. They looked to him and were, were radiate. And their faces were never ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Paul is full of blessings for God. Praises for God. Okay? And this is what we're looking at now is the aspects of these blessings. Okay, there's six parts, six aspects of God's blessings. Okay, starts off. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, blessed. Ever wondered about that? How in the world do you bless God? You ever thought about that? What, buy him a birthday card? How, how do I bless the Lord? Well, the word is eulego in the uh, Greek. Eulego. Okay. That word you know. Because it's a root word that you, you have heard. You've probably been exposed to. Have you ever heard of the word eulogy? Eulego is the root for eulogy. Okay. So when you see bless God, you can say... Eulogy? Well, what is a eulogy? You go to someone's funeral, they want to give a eulogy. What are they going to do? They're going to speak well of them. They're going to speak well of them. To say someone is good. I know I've been to a couple of funerals before. that They weren't talking about the same person I knew. I know for a fact. I heard them say things about some people that I knew that I'm like, I never remember that. Of God, it can be said, He is good. Matthew chapter 19, verse 17. Jesus said, There is none who is good but God only. We are to bless God because God is Good. So Paul says, God is good. God is good to me. He is good because we are his children. Because we are his children, we get his goodness. That is his nature. But if you're true to scriptures, God is blessed beginning in Genesis and concluded in the book of Revelations. It starts off in Genesis 14, 20, Melchizedek. Blessed be the Most High God. Speak well of the Most High God. And in Revelations 5, 13, Blessings, glory, and honor, and power be unto Him that sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Speak well 
of the one who sits on the throne. God is blessed at the beginning of scriptures and God is blessed throughout scriptures to the conclusion of scriptures. We are to continually bless the Lord. Speak well of him. Speak well of him. That is what it means to bless God. Okay, now, I don't care what your enemy is. I don't care what your trial is. I don't care what your trouble is. I don't care what your pain is. I don't care what your struggle is. I don't care what your need is. We are to bless the Lord. Go read the book of Job. Job had a bad day. Okay? And he says, I will bless his holy name. Now, I want us to think about this a little bit. Okay? We are to bless the Lord because He is good. He is good in all of it. I went to the library across the hill from Columbine the day of the shooting. They asked for clergy. And so I went up there. And I was in the library with the parents watching these school buses uh, come by and let kids off. And you'd see the rejoicing of the parents when they saw their kids and, and then they, they'd take off. And I was there all day until late into the evening. And the crowds kept getting smaller and smaller. And we weren't really sure. We were getting bits and pieces of information. We weren't sure if anybody was dead. We knew that there had been shooting. But we didn't have a full picture of really what was going on because where we were located. Finally, the sheriff pulled up. And said, there are no more survivors. And here you got this room full of parents in shock. Okay, and the guy came up to me. I had prayed with him earlier. I can't remember his name. And he came up to me. You know what he said to me? And it was just the beginning of the times I would be asked this. Because I went back a couple of different times that week to just try to encourage people, hang people cups of coffee and things like this. But he said something to me that it was repeated to me every time that I was there and they found out that I was quote unquote clergy. They would say this same phrase to me. Why did God allow that? Is that speaking good of God? Don't you find it fascinating? And yet, if we do something amazing, what do we say? Look what I did. See our nature? See our nature? My, uh, Grandparents on my mom's side started dating in their mid-teens. Actually, I have a fountain pen that my grandfather gave my grandmother for her 16th birthday. I use it to write my sermons. It's not really cost-effective, but it is a blast. Anyway, I remember when my father died, we spent all summer at our grandparents. They had a a farm and a junkyard and auto body shop and all this other stuff. 
And we would go over there every day, and Mom would take us over, drop me and my brother off, and we, she always had a stack of pancakes. I eat so many pancakes through the summer, it's surprised I'm not the size of Ethiopia. But anyway, I remember her telling me one time, she says that uh, uh, my grandfather was, uh, how do I term this? A tad bit cantankerous, okay? And he, he was, he, he, and he enjoyed moonshine. So if you put moonshine and cantankerous together, it's a combustible thing. And my grandmother would always tell me, she says, I pray that God doesn't take me before him because I don't want anybody else to have to deal with him. And I thought, well, that's, that there's love or something. Okay. I moved out to Colorado. And uh, they continued on. And I was out here about a year, not quite a year. And my mom said that my grandmother had a stroke and she couldn't talk. And she was kind of disabled. And uh, mom said that she's going to bring her and she'll, she'll live at the house and Orville would stay uh, at the farm. I said, fine. And Orville would come over and see her every day. But he, he didn't have the ability to take care of her. And um, um, so my mom was taking care of her. And my mom is a, is a prayer warrior. I mean, there's, my mom doesn't do anything without prayer. And I mean, it can be the simple. I think I'm going to go get gas and she's a lot better pray about it. Well, it's just fine over. <laughs> we just, you know, get that hose and you stick it. Just, you know. But anyway, but that's, that's the way my mother is. And, uh. I am so thankful. But uh, she took care of my grandma. She lived about another year. Shortly after she had stroke, my uh, grandfather was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, the cantanker side st- stood up. And he said, I ain't doing nothing. And he says, I'm going to keep. He rolled his own cigarettes. And he said, I ain't stopping. And I'm not going to go to the doctor. He ain't going to give me no medicine. If that's how I'm going, I'm going. And boy, within four months he passed away and my grandma spoke she did not know he had died she had no idea he had died you know what she said the Lord has answered my prayer she died the next day bless the Lord speak well of him See that? How many of us on a daily basis can say we bless the Lord? Paul starts this out because we're going to go look at the throne room of the Trinity and the master plan for the body of Christ. Bless the Lord. Bless God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Speak well of Him. Be in awe of Him. We are to bless the Lord because he is good. He is good in all of it. In all of it. Even if it's a shooting at a school. The Lord is glorified. You have to look hard. But it is glorified. But I'll never forget all the people asking me. Why did he allow this? Really? God allowed that? No man wanted it. 
Man has run God out of everything he can get him out of. And so when it goes south, it's God's fault? Nah. When it's good, it's God's fault. When it's bad, it's man at his best. Even when you think about, I think about my dear grandmother and her lying um, indigent for that time. And yet my grandfather died. She had no idea he had died. And she says, the Lord has answered my prayer. Think about that. That is good. And she died the next day. That is good. Each and every one of us is in this room right now. Okay? Do you realize what God has done for you every moment of your existence? He placed you in the body of Christ in eternity past. That's the start. And you are fulfilling His plan. You are His workmanships created unto works that He has already planned. Each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. That gets, makes your head numb. Because we've had some bad goes of it at times, haven't we? I remember one time in my walk with the king, I wanted him to come down here and fight like a man. And I remember saying it. And then after I said it, I thought, well, that was pretty stupid. What if he shows up? Then what? Now, I know none of you have ever been mad at God. Okay? But when I think about it, why would God allow this? I don't know. Why does he allow any of us to take our next breath? Whatever our enemy, whatever our trial, whatever our trouble, whatever our pain, whatever our suffering, whatever our need, whatever our struggle... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the blessed one is God. He is the one who is to be spoken well of. Amen? Well, I've got five more parts. Maybe I'll do two next Sunday. Maybe not. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are good. And we are to bless you. Father, may we walk from this place today with this in our minds. That we can look around. And no matter what is going on, we can bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I I still stand in awe of that. Father, may we be found speaking well of you when our faith becomes sight. Father, may we be found speaking well of you in eternity and for eternity, and let us begin even now. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and we thank you for the amazing things you have done. And Father, when I look at this in the throne room of the triune God and the master plan for the body of Christ, I stand in awe as Paul. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the blessed one. Thank you, my King. In Christ's name, amen.